in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, this parable from Luke chapter 16 has some questions I like to answer first and then I will speak about the message behind this parable. There are two questions usually people ask about this parable. The first question, how the master commended the unjust steward? As you heard in the parable, he called the debtors of his master and he asked the first one, how much do you owe me, master? He told him 100 measures of oil. He told him, write 50. The second one told him, how do you owe my master? Uh, so he told him uh, 80 or 100 measures of wheat so he said to him take your bill and write 80 so how the master commends this behavior it's wrong behavior there are actually two ways to understand and to answer this question the first way that each steward actually had a commission. So he, when he told him, write 50 instead of 100, or write 80 instead of 100, he actually did not take his commission in order to make friendship with these people. So when he actually leaves the stewardship, these people can actually help him to live or to find another job, etc. So he did not actually take from his master's money, but from his own commission. That's one way to understand it. The other way to understand it, that he was not honest with his master's money. Yes, he was not honest. But the master did not commend his dishonesty, because we cannot commend dishonesty. But he commented how he planned for his future, how he actually tried to uh, secure a good future for him, for himself, after uh, he leaves the stewardship. For example, if a thief uh, steals uh, a bank, but in a very smart way, and he was not able or he did not leave any evidence behind him to tell the police or the investigators who the thief was. So when we read the story, we maybe commend the thief in his intelligence, how he was very smart in planning. So we are not commending the act of theft or stealing money. But we are commending here the uh, intelligence, how he was smart. That's why the Lord said that the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Meaning what? Meaning this unjust steward, he planned for his future. When he leaves this stewardship, how he would live. But we, children of light, are we planning for our eternal future? 
You can see here people plans for future in general. They have life insurance, retirement plan, uh, and several types of insurance. So uh, they, they insure their car, they insure their uh, property, they insure their health. So if something happened to them, the insurance will cover. But how much planning we did for our eternal life? Here we will live how many years? 90, 100 years? Maximum. But how did we plan for our eternal life, which is infinite, everlasting, no end for it? So the sons of this world plan for their future, but we don't plan for our heavenly future. That's why the Lord said, the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. So the message or the lesson we learn from this person, how he was able to make friends even with unjust money. I'm not telling you make friends by stealing money from somebody else. No, I'm not saying this. But he planned for his future. So the message we should plan also for our eternal future. The second question that's usually the, is asked about this parable, when the Lord told us, and I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. So the question, what is unrighteous mammon? What is unrighteous mammon? And again, there are two ways to understand this. The first way, everything we have here on earth is considered unrighteous because it is cursed since the fall of Adam and Eve. Yes, when we pray over it, it it will be sanctified. But in a way, everything here is considered unrighteous. If we compare it with the Riches in heaven. That's why the Lord said, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust the true riches? What are the true riches? The true riches is the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Because it is totally pure. There is no sin. There is no corruption. There is nothing to defile the kingdom of heaven. Nothing. So this is the true riches. What we have here is corruptible. Uh, and if you have food, for example, and you leave it for some days, it will be uh, rotten. So there is corruptibility here. So it's called unrighteous now. That's one way. But there is another way. Who among us can say that all my money is 100% righteous. Do you work faithfully for your money? Don't you waste any moments or any minutes in your work? So do you believe what you get is 100% what you deserve? Nobody can claim this. Nobody can say, I am faithful in my work 100%. All of us waste time all of us, we use work sometimes for personal benefits. 
So nobody can claim that what we have is 100%, 100% just and fair. Nobody can claim this. So in a way, what we have also is considered unrighteous because we are not faithful 100% and also because everything here on earth is susceptible to corruptibility. So these are the two questions and I hope I answered them and the, the answer is clear. So let us see why the Lord actually told us this parable. What's the message behind this parable? What the Lord wants us to benefit from this parable? Number one, the principle of stewardship. The Lord wants to tell us what you have here on earth is not yours. You are just a steward. We were born naked. And when we die, we will not take one penny with us. So we came to this world without nothing, and we leave this world without nothing. So all what we have here is just a gift from God as a steward. We need to manage it for the glory of God. Your money, your time, your intelligence, your gifts, your talents, everything you have is not yours. You are just a steward. You are not the owner. You are not the owner. You are just a steward. That's the first principle. Second principle, with the stewardship comes what? Accountability. So one day, all of us will stand before God and God will tell you, give an account of your stewardship. I give you time that much. 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. Were you faithful in this 100 years? How did you live your life? Did you waste your time? Or did you use your time faithfully? Your money, how you use it. Your gifts, how you use it. Your mind and your thoughts, how you use it. Your energy, your health, how you use it. Give an account of your stewardship. A smart person, actually, will give an account of his stewardship every day. Every day. Stand before God and give account of his stewardship. And when he goes to confess his sins, again, he will give account for his stewardship. So when I die, how many days I need to give an account? Only one day, the last day. But can you imagine a person has business and he never did any accounting, then the IRS started to do audit, he would be in big trouble because he never did any budget or balance sheet or account. But another person who, who actually is faithful and wise and make his accounts, balance it every day, every day, so when they told him, you have an audit, he will not be troubled. He's ready. Come and audit my business. I know what I'm doing. So are you ready? Do you hold yourself accountable every day? And the third lesson here, what are required 
What are the requirements in any steward, if you are a steward? What God is looking for? God is looking for two things in any steward. Faithfulness and wisdom. As he said, who is the wise and faithful steward? Wisdom in order to manage your talents wisely. But heavenly wisdom, not earthly wisdom. And faithfulness in order not to steal the profit yourself, but to render it to God. Wisdom and faithfulness. Can you imagine if you have your own business and you want to hire a manager? What you are looking for in this manager? Number one, to be wise. Because if he's not wise, he will not make any profit. And number two, to be faithful, so he will not steal the profit from you. If you have a manager who is wise, very wise, but not faithful, yes, he will make profit, but he will not see anything. What about if he is faithful, but not wise? Yes, he will not steal your money, but he's not going to make any profit. You will lose your business. That's why the Lord said, who is the wise and faithful steward? So God expects from each one of us to be wise and faithful, how to deal with your money, how to deal with your time, how to deal with your talents, etc. Then the fourth lesson that Lord wants us to learn. This steward in this parable, he planned for his future. And how he did plan for his future? He made friends, he made connections. So when he leave his stewardship, these friends will help him give him money, host him in their houses, help him to find job, anything. So the Lord told us, you also, you need to make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. And we defined unrighteous mammon, anything you have here is considered unrighteous. So make friends (coughs) for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. When you help the poor with your money, you are making friends. And the poor actually will intercede on your behalf. Why? Because the Lord said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. All of us, when we remember the judgment day in the divine liturgy, we respond and say, according to your mercy, O Lord, and not according to our sins. How can you, you ask the mercies of the Lord if you yourself are unmerciful? How can you obtain mercy if you yourself is unmerciful? Show mercy first that you will obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And during the Holy Great Fast, we say, blessed is the merciful, um, on the poor, mercy will dwell on them or will come upon them. So, show mercy. Show mercy from your money. Show mercy when you go and ask about a sick person and you help him. Show mercy about a person who is troubled and go and listen to him and comfort him. Show mercy when you encourage a person who actually feels stressed out. Show mercy when you give a smile to a person 
who feel depressed or unhappy. We have responsibility toward one another, to encourage one another, to love one another. Make friends for yourself with God, what God gave you here, with all your talents, money, time, intelligence, effort, etc. Make friends that when you fail, you may receive, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. So the Lord told us, he who is faithful in what is least, is faithful in also in much. What's what least? What we have here on earth is considered least. If you compare it with the true riches in the everlasting life, what you have here is considered least. So, are you faithful on what's least? If you are not faithful on what's least, who will give to you what's much? That's why the Lord told us. And therefore, if you have not been faithful in what's least, who will give you what's much? And then the Lord told us another thing. And who is, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have been not faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what's your own? Uh, another man's, because as I told you, are not owners, we are stewards. So if we are not faithful on what we have here, knowing it is not ours, who will give you what's your own? Maybe you can say, but that's what, what my own. It's my own. So why actually I cannot get it, whether I am faithful or not. But let me tell you, what's your own is given to you as a free gift, not because you earn it. You can make this argument if you earn it, but you did not earn it. Like, for example, if parents have a large sum of inheritance to their children, huge amount of money, but one of their children is living his life irresponsibly. He's wasting his money, he's wasting his time, everything. He's irresponsible. So do you think they will give him his inheritance? They will say no. Because if we give him this large sum of money, he will waste it just like this. So they may put it in a trust account or whatever in order to protect the money and to, to protect their, their son. What is our own? It is gift, free gift from God to us. We did not earn it. When we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ to be our God, then we became children of God the Father. And since we are children, then we will inherit the kingdom of God. Because God adopted us, not because we are children by nature. So if, if a parent, if, if a family adopted a son, and this son is living irresponsibly, do you think they will give their inheritance to him? No. That's why the Lord told us, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, 
who will give you what's your own? So we need to show faithfulness. So this parable is about stewardship, accountability, faithfulness, and wisdom, and planning for your future. These are the main lessons in this parable. I hope that we can understand these lessons and we know we are not owners, we are stewards. We one day will give accountability for our stewardship. We are required to be faithful and wise and also we should plan for our eternal future by making friends as the Lord told us make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon that when you fail they may receive you into everlasting habitation may the Lord grant us to be faithful and wise in all the talents in all the responsibility that he gave us in order to glorify his holy name in everything glory be to God forever and ever Amen